ശോസാം The thing is we have heard this about Bangladesh cricket when uh, in 2007 world cup and the second stages of the world cup you know people said Bangladesh have turned a corner and then when they competed against Australia in a test series uh, they said uh, they have turned a corner so what would make us believe that Bangladesh cricket has actually turned a corner this time around to be honest with you the two uh, the two instances that you have mentioned after the Australia series at home uh, there was a large uh, there was there was a huge gap uh, between you know playing cricket for for the uh, for the tigers uh, this is also similar but uh, the, the difference i think is that uh, we have several cricketers who have played uh, have played together for a long time uh, shakib shakib alasan tamim iqbal yeah mushfiqur rahim yeah mashrafi they have they've been playing for a long time they've been playing together for a long time and uh, they they are stable characters most of them are stable characters and they breed stability in the team and they 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 try to bring in a certain sense of you know uh, continuation for for some of the other younger cricketers i think that is where one of the difference lies the other i think um, after the 2007 world cup where there was a change of captain and uh, ashraful was made the captain from a very experienced habibul bashar which i thought was, was a little hasty immediately after such a big event i think that's that's never wise and this time it's uh, most of the cricketers except for mashrafi and abdul razak are from a certain age group so i think there is hope for uh, for you know bangladesh turning the corner i think i think they have turned the corner in a way i'd say that uh, this group of player uh, promises more than the ones before fair enough thing is with the bangladesh cricket we have seen over the course of uh, last decade or so they have uh, basically a baptism by fire where the young ones you know 17 and 18 can look at the case of uh, mohammad ashraful he promised so much more he ended up averaging yeah. what uh, 20 23 in tests where basically young cricketers yeah. are thrown to the yeah. wolves and they are made to grow up as international cricketers in the at the highest level of the game is that fair for the cricketers it's absolutely unfair i think uh, the the case of ashraful what was the practice for almost 5 uh, or 6 years after bangladesh got the test status in 2000 it stayed on till 2005 even mushfiqur rahim he made his debut in lords as a 16 year old kid looks looked five looked like a five year old at times but <laughs> i think that 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 has gone away that that problem has gone away with the change of selection committees you know there is a tendency to go to go for youth but not 16 year olds or 17 year olds now they have a process where they let the under 19 cricketers come through domestic cricket come through a team cricket which wasn't in place even even 4 5 years ago but you know the system has been placed where uh, is is in place where some of the cricketers they actually they play a lot of first class cricket whether 
it is good or not. They play a lot of one-day cricket for the A team, for their clubs. You know, it it also looks very innocent. These cricketers coming into these uh, into international cricket at such a young age. But you'll see that this group averages around 24, 25, which is, I think, fair for international cricket, and they're growing. And I, I just hope that the uh, current selection committee or the next one will let, let this batch roll on for a few more years. You mentioned about uh, the domestic cricket, the first-class cricket, these uh, cricketers are playing in Bangladesh. We hear about county cricket, we hear about, say, Ranji Trophy, Shield cricket, and all that. But there is not enough reporting on the first-class structure in Bangladesh. What type of structure exists that provides a feeding line to the Bangladesh national team? I'll, I'll be honest with you. This uh, the first-class structure in Bangladesh actually does not um, does not provide cricketers to the national team. What it does is it gives them a a taste of four-day cricket, taste of longer version cricket. The current system that is in place has eight uh, first-class teams, which is seven divisional headquarters and uh, Dhaka Metro. It is a, a lot of a lot of teams for a country that is as small as Bangladesh. But the problem is there are a lot of cricketers, and they have to be you know apportioned accordingly. Now, this system, uh, there are certain problems. Bangladesh doesn't have enough cricket grounds. They have, I think, four or five international gra- international standard grounds, so the pitches aren't well taken care of. Apart from that, the biggest problem is obviously the monetary side of affairs, where none of these cricketers who play in the National Cricket League, it's called the NCL, it, they do not get paid well. They get uh, one-tenth of what they get in club cricket. And now that the BPL has come in, the 2020 tournament, they are, there will be a lot of problems getting these guys motivated for the National Cricket League. It, I, can, I can tell you that the Bangladesh Cricket Board are trying to get together a franchise-based four-day tournament. Probably uh, they had a meeting today which didn't actually go too well. They, they didn't actually discuss that uh, four-day tournament, but it is, in, it is in the offing. It could happen this, uh, this season. It could start from next season where, you know, six companies will come up with teams for the divisional state, uh, divisional sides, where they will play each other, and there will be a lot of money on offer for the players as well as uh, prize money, and they'll try to bring in foreign players. So that should that should work uh, for first class cricket. But the structure that is in place, well, I would say that it, it is a hindrance, not not really uh, something that really brings cricketers into the national team. So you addressed the economical side of things. Let's look at the cricketing side of things. Yes. As, as I mentioned earlier, yes. you know, you have young cricketers being bled onto the international scene. But what is being done to develop such talent? I mean, we have we have seen Nasser Hussain and uh, Mamadullah uh, Riyadh, uh, very level-headed guys. They know exactly yes. what the situation is, and they uh, watching Mamadullah debut Test match against India was fantastic in the way he batted. You know, and Nasser Hussain seems to have excellent temperament as well. And but what is actually what are the structures in place to develop these talents? You have actually pointed out uh, two very distinct cricketers in Bangladesh. They actually uh, they, they bat in the same place. They bowl. They have they're distinct in the way they have come up in in, in cricket in Bangladesh. Nasir Hussain comes from BKSP, Bangladesh Kriya Shikha Pratishthan. It is the sports institute, the largest sports institute in the country. Nasir was originally from Rongpur, uh, a northern uh, district town, where he went to BKSP. Went uh, he did his schooling over there practiced cricket over there and then played a lot of tournaments, a lot of cricket, league cricket and all that, and age group cricket, obviously, and the Under-19 World Cup and everything. And then he went into club cricket where he played for the bigger clubs. Nasir was always uh, very uh, calm, 
individual and he he actually um, is doing the same that he has done in club cricket in in, in a national cricket except for his uh, i think it's slightly is not doing too well against the fast bowlers mahmudul riyad on the other hand comes from a bit of a you know club cricket background mostly he's from a place called maiman singh he came to dhaka as a club cricketer he trained in dhaka went through the ranks in club cricket the different divisions that we have in dhaka which which is the main cricket that is being played by the by, by domestic cricketers over here um about the pipeline that you have just talked about it is full um it wasn't it was supposed to be dry but the bangladesh cricket board has uh, wisely put up a cricket academy where they have 30 cricketers training during the off season and the pre season they have tours to south africa south africa cricket they have they have a deal with south africa cricket where they bring in the uh, the their academy side pakistan sometimes comes uh, they have they've come a few times with their academy team so that is in place they we have a age group structure from under 13 to under 19 and then cricketers can graduate into the academy and then into the a team but during this period they get grabbed up by the uh, different clubs where they develop their temperament their patience and uh, the other parts of cricket so there is a very good structure in place but it just sometimes one can say that the cricket that is being played in this within this structure needs a lot of development i'll i'll, I'll focus on fast bowling first i think fast bowlers there there used to be a lot of uh, camps and uh, talent hunts but those have also gone bangladesh cricket board is is not putting together specialist camps you know fast bowling camps spin camps it happens say once in every 3 years but it's not enough batsmen they have it good because there are more batting coaches in bangladesh but i think uh, in terms of developing talent and talent coming through it is in place everything is in place but uh, certain lapses certain areas that are not being looked at which should be looked at but players will be coming through within, in the next few years um we talked briefly about the first class system in bangladesh like is there you know is there any benefit to say tying up with the regional neighbors say india or pakistan or sri lanka whoever um you know to have a bangladeshi uh, say a team go tour these countries or have uh, you know actually take part in the other countries first class competition Yeah Bangladesh have, they have the Bangladesh cricket board have sent uh, teams to West Indies once they have sent teams uh, a team to Dilip trophy few uh, several years ago but it, that is one one area where i have al- already have told you that the cricket board la- there are certain lapses in the cricket board and one of them is diplomacy i think i think you have to be really um, you have to be cricketing uh, cricketing minded to to get these uh, get into these situations where you have teams going to india playing in those tournaments because it will definitely improve players uh, why don't why, why can't they send a team to pakistan uh, a first class team to pakistan they could also send a team to sri lanka okay sometimes the uh, the schedules with the subcontinental sides clash then in that case i think a team could be sent to england they do tour uh, with the a team but uh, regionally it hasn't happened for i think the last 6 years 5 uh, to 6 years so uh, what do you think that hasn't happened in the last 5 6 years uh the partnership with the cricket boards i think uh, apart from bilateral tours or some sort of a team tours there haven't there hasn't been any anyone where 
Bangladeshi teams say a uh, first class champion have gone to pa- India or Pakistan or Sri Lanka played maybe a, a, a board selection you know a, a sort of an A team going into playing Dilip Trophy it happened in 2001 the last time and I think they played the Basta Cup uh, 2004 or 2003 mm-hmm. but after that uh, nothing like that has happened which is I think hurting Bangladesh cricket slightly so, in, in that area so you mean to say the uh, diplomacy you mentioned that is between the boards or between the yes. governments of the countries Boards, cricket boards. So I think at the government level, it's fine. Okay, so you mean to say the Bangladeshi cricket board doesn't have find favors or doesn't get along with uh, the other boards of the area? I wouldn't say they don't get along. I, I would say that their priorities are in the in, in different areas. I think cricketing priorities, cricket is not their number one priority in most situations. I, they have, they, I'm sure, they have brilliant relations with the BCCI. They have to. They have. Uh, they have now. They have a dicey situation with the Pakistan Cricket Board, but with Sri Lanka, they have a coaching program where coaches from Sri Lanka come and coach in Bangladesh. Bangladeshi umpires, coaches, they go and do it in Sri Lanka, in South Africa, in, in West Indies. But uh, cricket-wise, sending teams, you know, regularly is not happening. So I think that is one area where the Bangladesh Cricket Board should really look into. Um, you mentioned the relationship between BCB and PCB. Uh, I will come to that. But first, uh, I want to touch upon the coaching thing. Yes. You know, you've had Dav Watmore, you've had uh, Jamie Siddons, and now Stuart Law is the national team's coach. Um, so what's the deal with Bangladeshi cricket and Australian coaches? And does having Australian coaches actually help the local Bangladeshi talent uh, in uh, realizing the cricketers that they can become there is of course some lag between uh, where the coach is coming from the culture that is from the cricket that he has played to come and help uh, players that are grown up in a different surrounding completely so uh, explain how that uh, works it has actually started with uh, Trevor Chappell. Trevor Chappell was the first Australian uh, after the test status. Bangladesh got the test status. Trevor Chappell was a fielding coach first, and then he became the. Uh, he was a fielding coach with the Sri Lanka team, I think. Then he became the Bangladesh national coach. So that's where it started. Then after Trevor Chappell, there was one Pakistani coach called Mohsin Kamal, who took us to the 2003 World Cup, and then all Australian coaches. There's also a guy called Sean Williams in the middle, somewhere in the middle, after uh, Dev Watmore left. So what I, what I think is that the cricket board, obviously, uh, during the early 2000s, uh, thought better of Australian cricketers because Australian coaches were being uh, hunted for everywhere. And I think uh, the uh, discipline and the, the forthrightness of the Australians, that really cuts through our, our culture where, you know, there's a lot of patronization to the players, which the players enjoy. And I think Australian coaches definitely throughout the last 10 years haven't really uh, given two hoots to that. The Bangladeshi cricketer has had to go through a lot of disciplinary changes. Um, Trevor Chappell, after Trevor Chappell, there was Dev Watmore. Obviously, Dev Watmore was um, coming from Sri Lanka and a World Cup winning coach. So... At that time, Bangladesh, having struggled so badly after the till the 2003 World Cup, they needed a figurehead, and Dev Watmore was definitely one guy who who really gave Bangladesh team a, a direction as well as being their father figure, which everyone sees in in during that period. After Dev Watmore came uh, Jamie Siddons. Jamie Siddons. Well, I, I, I still think that Jamie was a very good batting coach, but uh, as far as man management was concerned, he wasn't in the league of Dev Watmore. He was a little too forthright. He was a little too emotional at times, which I think I think it fit with the Bangladeshi culture at times, but still it, you know, expectations from an Australian coach would be that he will not, not take favors from anyone. He will not 
do favors to anyone. Not that Jamie has done anyone any favors, but there was a bit of whispering where, you know, people said that during the last few day, last few months of his uh, tenure, he had lost control of the dressing room, which is quite important for Bangladesh, for a team, small team like Bangladesh, because you need a you need a coach. A senior figure in the team because it's such a young team. You need that that figure to get full control of the dressing room, which I think uh, Jamie lost towards the end. Stuart Law, um, definitely a great cricketer from his time and someone which who who still has some 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 to prove because the Asia Cup was something that showed that his calm approach works. He is very much a disciplinarian. He's not. He told me that he's not too strict, but uh, the players tell me that yeah, Stewart doesn't take no for an answer at times. But um, I think I think uh, Australia, why Australian coaches? I, I would say that because they're very disciplined and they they don't take no for an answer. None of them have. Let's get to the uh, relationship between Bangladeshi Cricket Board and uh, the Pakistani Cricket Board. It was announced that uh, they were going to explore. Uh, the idea of sending Bangladeshi team to tour Pakistan to, and this would have been a major public relations coup for the PCB. And uh, that seems to have hit some kind of snag uh, lately where PCB is saying that if uh, ICC is not going to send uh, their own umpires officials, then why should they send the players, I think. Uh, that was the last I read about it. I'm assuming yes, yes. I'm assuming in all these board uh, related engagements you know there has to be some sort of mutual back scratching you know you do this for me I do this for you Pakistan would have said you know like uh, well I will push your guy for the vice presidency of ICC so on and so forth so what's your yes. take on the whole situation in terms of BCB agreeing to a PCB request um, BCB has, uh, I think, left it for the ICC to make a decision. I think ICC has a meeting this month where they will probably guide BCB on what to do. Because um, from a government point of view, I, don't, I think uh, there has been a decision already made. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know if it's yes or no, but the, the BCB uh, were supposed to, in today's meeting, they were supposed to discuss the Pakistan tour, but it was left out of the agendas. Uh, what's it, I think it started off as a surprise for everyone that Bangladesh were, hope, were, were looking to tour Pakistan at, in the first place, which I think uh, it fit in well with Lotus, um, Mustafa Kamal's um, politics of uh, trying to get into the ICC uh, when Bangladesh and Pakistan were the partners. Um, it wasn't well supported in Bangladesh, I must say. Uh, the, some board members have accused him that he didn't let, he didn't let them know that he was the one Pakistan had uh, voted for, or he was the one whose name for Bangladesh is being pushed for. After that, uh, the promise, obviously, that hasn't that hasn't really gone well. Um, in, in certain people, certain certain people in Bangladesh would tell you that it's quite an embarrassment that to, we've had to resort to that sort of a deal between two cricket boards, and now it's really turning into a bigger embarrassment. Where if Bangladesh doesn't go to Pakistan, you know the country looks bad uh, because of uh, one person's decision-making. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it, it, it should have been handled a lot better. The other problem uh, which, I, which I thought was the, the team that was sent to Pakistan, the team from Bangladesh, there wasn't anyone from the army or from the special security forces or from the intelligence uh, forces, which, which, I, which surprised me because if you would send a security team, you wouldn't send the cricket board's um, Tournament, uh, tournament committee's uh, member or you wouldn't be sending the BCB president and the CEO in the security team. They could be part of a group visiting Pakistan, but I, I, I wouldn't think that they 
would be the best judge of security. So that that was a signal that Bangladesh um, Cricket Board wasn't taking this too seriously. The government has. The government has definitely taken it seriously. And um, I, 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 again, as I've said, I feared that uh, it would hurt relations between Bangladesh and Pakistan to a certain degree. Uh, I guess we just have to wait and see how everything uh, transpires in the coming weeks and months. Let's talk about uh, the uh, Bangladesh Premier League. The auction happened. There were The money that was uh, per team was twice that of what it was in Big Bash League. Right? So there was a sponsor willing yes. to you know, fork up the money. Um, the tournament went on. You had players from all over taking part. On the sidelines, there were murmurs. There were some reporting of some uh, match-fixing allegations that could have gone on. As someone that has followed uh, the entire spectacle closely, what is your take on the whole situation? I'll start off with the positives so that you know people don't think that I'm all negative about the <laughs> uh, The batsmen, yeah. The batsmen, um, they got to face some fast bowlers, which is extremely important for Bangladeshi cricketers. They don't get to face such fast bowlers as even Mohammad Sami, Kabir Ali, Shane Harwood, um, and the like. I think that was the biggest thing that got out of the BPL, that Bangladeshi batsmen proved that they can go on through a tournament without being flustered by fast bowlers. And there were times, obviously, Sami got a hat-trick and uh, everyone else bowled well, but they did attack. The likes of uh, Ashraful, the likes of Tamim Iqbal didn't play. Shakib Al-Hassan batted well. Ashraful batted well. Junaid Siddiqui batted quite well. They, they had some good innings. So that was the biggest positive to bring so many cricketers to Bangladesh. But um, the, the problem started off with the fact that it was such a hurried tournament. None of the relationships between BPL or Game On Sports, the, uh, media, the event management company, or the telecast uh, hold rights holders... Paperwork isn't solid, uh, even with the franchises, with the players. I think there have been too many promises made, too short time. I think it they, uh, less than a month they tried to set up such a huge tournament, which I, I thought it, it, it always, you know, it was always going to be trouble. And it started off with trouble with Mashrafi Murtaza claiming that um, former cricketers from Bangladesh, former national cricketers, has approached him to, you know, for spot fixing. And then throughout the tournament, there were whispers of spot fixing with so many catches being dropped. Towards the end, it, it all blew up. The, uh, the arrest of the Pakistani national, Sajid Khan, who was allegedly a friend of uh, one of the Pakistani cricketers in Chittagong Kings team. Uh, his phone number was in his uh, cell phone. His uh, account numbers, bank account numbers were also found. It just blew up, and then the semi-final fiasco. It was terrible. So um, the problem started off with the uh, preparation. I think the preparation was as far as paperwork, as far as logistics, as far as uh, almost a lot of things which weren't were. It, it wasn't fine. And it, the next one that they hold next year, they're supposed to be holding it next year around February. It should be uh, better. It should look better because. Any tournament uh, being hosted in Bangladesh, you know, the, the public too here, um, they got a little fed up because they, held, they tried to hold 90% of the matches in Dhaka on weekdays. Weekdays, afternoon, uh, whatever it is, however cricket is popular in Bangladesh, people wouldn't bother to turn up. They didn't turn up. And during the weekends, it was okay. It wasn't full house. It was only uh, in the semifinals and the final where people actually came in. So several areas to improve upon, several areas to look at, and 
I think the uh, the biggest worry is obviously the the match fixing uh, allegations, the spot fixing allegations, and more importantly, these players are these young Bangladeshi cricketers. They're being exposed to um, all sorts of people. I think, for a, from a from a personal point of view, I've been I've had to visit the hotel, the team hotel, in Dhaka which is about three or four kilometers from the stadium, and I have had to go there to take interviews, and I've seen that it, it's a free-for-all. There is no control of who gets to visit the players, who gets to go to the room. I even went to uh, Marlon Samuels' room to get an interview when he got into the IPL, which is quite amazing because these days you can't get into a team's uh, floor in any hotel, but in the BPL it wasn't like that. The security in place, which I, I thought it was... Not not good enough for um, for a tournament which, as you have said, is more expensive than the Big Bash. So several areas to look at. But uh, if the if things improve, these things improve. If the players' payment is more regular, I've seen one of uh, several Pakistani players complaining. I've seen a tweet from uh, former Bangladeshi fielding coach Julian Fountain. Now he's the Pakistan fielding coach. He was with Dhaka Gladiators. He has complained that the payments haven't been made. I think these things, they have to they have to improve on these things before they launch the next one, they, they start the next one. I want to cover one last topic before I let you go. Yeah. There was an interview you did with uh, Shakibul Hassan, um, on uh, which was published on Cricket Info right. as well. You covered a whole range of topics from his growing years, his growth as a cricketer, um, how he approaches his game, how Bangladesh's cricket is progressing these days, and what the future holds and all that. One important aspect that caught my eye was Shakib saying that, uh, um, you know, in terms of performance of Bangladesh in tests, he, he said they're not going to be able to win tests unless they get bowlers to win the test matches, and that is not happening just yet. But they can still compete in ODIs because they have the set of all-rounders, um, attacking opening batsmen, and uh, very savvy bowlers. So um, what, where does it leave Bangladesh in the test arena? And generally give me an idea about your interaction with uh, Shakib. My interaction with Shakib. I'll, I'll start off with what he has said uh, about the 20 wickets. Shakib is absolutely right. The national team, the Bangladesh team is completely dependent on Shakib al-Hassan to take 20 wickets, you know. <laughs> that is a huge problem. Because uh, one guy, he bowls from one end all day, and there's nothing more from coming from the other end. It happened in Zimbabwe last year where Shakib kept on plugging away from one end. There was nothing coming from the other end. The problem is fast bowlers, fast bowlers injury management, fast bowlers development, fast bowlers skill improvement. It hasn't happened in the last few years. They bring in, uh, Bangladesh national team brings in uh, a bowling coach. They, they don't get enough time to work on it. You know, Ian Pond came in for six months, not enough. Shane Jurgensen, Stuart Barnes, a lot of people are coming in, but the problem is these specialist coaches are being brought in as ornaments, few months, few year, uh, maybe a year, and then they're let go. Uh, the last guy who stayed for a long time was uh, the Sri Lanka Champaka Ramanaika, the Sri Lankan fast, former fast bowler. He uh, was the one who gave uh, Rubel Hussein the break. I think Rubel Hussein who's injured now, but he he, he missed the Asia Cup, but he was, he was in form for the last two years for Bangladesh. Shafiul Islam has gone off the boil. Mashafi is, again, in and out, unfortunately, through his injury. But uh, that is one really important area where Bangladesh are struggling. The basic problem is obviously pitches. 
not being developed with a little more bounce that encourages captains to use fast bowlers. Yeah, if you ever get to see a club match in Dhaka, you'll be quite surprised that uh, where are the fast bowlers? Seven overs, eight overs at best, and then they're told to you know chew the cut in, in third man or final leg. They're, they're asked to score some runs because it doesn't. Be, it, they are not used in first. Class cricket, if it, uh, if it starts around, um, say, October or November in Bangladesh, sometimes the fast bowlers get 20, 25 overs in, a, in, a, in an innings, but not always. So um, that attitude should change. I think it's similar to the attitude where uh, Australian uh, state captains are were being asked to use more leg spinners or spinners. Mm-hmm. It's the same over here. The fast bowlers are not being used. Teams are loading in left-arm spinners, you know, three, four, and... Well, that works. So they're going to use that. You can't blame them, but the the system has to change. Fast bowlers have to be encouraged, not just with pitches, but with, uh, you know, why not incentives? Become a fast bowler. We have, you also have role models. And the Bangladeshi diet is not, uh, is not not too, you know, diet is okay for a fast bowler. They get to eat meat. So I don't think there is a problem to develop fast bowlers in the country. The system has to be in place and obviously the wickets. And you've mentioned about my interaction with Shakib. This was the longest I've ever talked with him. Mm-hmm. He's a very introvert sort of a person. And uh, obviously from a personal point of view, I've never let, I have never let it, uh, never tried to impose myself on him. It's always been the high hello, odd high hello. And um, it's quite enjoyable talking to him because uh, you, when he opens up, a lot of things, there's a lot of things that he has to say. He's a very sharp mind as a cricketer. And I, I think with the team just 10 years old as a test team, we are very lucky to have someone like Shakib who not just, you know, he, he just doesn't think about the national team or his own performance. He's one of those guys who would go to the cricket board and uh, tell the directors what to do, you know, straight away. They, put this in place, get an Australian coach for the academy, you know, get a high-performance unit back because he's one of those who got out of the high-performance unit. I think Shakib's impact to the Bangladesh team is all is there for all to see. What Bangladesh is missing, however, is that uh, a few more Shakib Al-Hassans, which I think he also understands that it's his responsibility to at least have people... Um, uh, maintain his attitude to cricket. He doesn't have a very uh, inferior complex with the big teams. He enjoys playing against uh, the bigger teams. He enjoys, he really enjoys playing against India. He uh, <laughs> he has one sort of attitude which Tamim Iqbal as well. Um, th- these two are the sort of cricketers you wouldn't necessarily want to face as an opponent. Not all the time. So that's a very good sign for Bangladesh at, at least. As a cricket fan, it will be wonderful if uh, Bangladesh uh, become more consistent in the ODI arena and become more successful in the test arena. You know, what can only hope. And as you mentioned in the outset, you know, now that Bangladesh has had a good core of people, stay together, play together as a team for a, now, what, three to five years. So the results should be yes. happening soon. And uh, I guess it's up to the board to bring more players in, selection committee to bring uh, more players in that complement these uh, players. Exactly. I think uh, more importantly, the, the, the cricket board should also realize that uh, more cricket should be played as well. Yeah, certainly. Uh, on that note, uh, Isam, thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Pleasure. 
Couch Talk.